Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. Today, we are looking at the great earthquake as Jesus opens the sixth seal in Revelation chapter 6, starting in verse 12. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth, and the full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the generals, and the rich and the strong, and everyone, slave and free, hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand before it? What is being discussed here at the end of Revelation chapter 6? I'm going to devote this entire broadcast to trying to answer this question in a twofold fashion. First, I think what is going on here is that what is being described is the time immediately before the end. Now, I'm very sorry for those who expected the book of Revelation to be a very neat and easy chronological narrative of events of the last days. I'm afraid that's not how it works. You find sometimes in the book of Revelation, you almost go right up to the end of human history as we know it, and then the next chapter, you may go right back into events leading up to that period. What you had in the fifth seal is a question being asked of God by those who had been killed, persecuted for their faith. How long, O sovereign Lord, do we have to endure this? And really the sixth seal is an answer to their question. So basically it's saying this is the final judgment or what's going to occur right before the final judgment. Now to bolster the position that I'm advocating, and trying to describe for you is that if you look in Revelation chapter 16, it's almost an identical description. Now, Revelation 6 is the sixth seal. And if you remember this whole section of Revelation, you go seven seals, seven trumpets, seven bowls, this series of judgments. Well, in Revelation chapter 16, we're looking at the seventh bowl. In other words, that's the final judgment of these three sets of seven judgments. And what do you find when you get to the end? The seventh angel poured his bowl into the air and a loud voice came out of the temple and of the throne saying, it is done. In other words, it's now complete. And there were flashes of lightning, voices, peals of thunder, and a great earthquake such as never been since men were on the earth, so great was that earthquake. And every island fled away, and no mountains were to be found, 
and great hailstones dropped on men from heaven till men cursed God. The point I'm making, Revelation chapter 16 is running us right up to the end of human history. It is done. It's completed. Whereas in Revelation 6, you have a similar statement, the great day of his wrath has come, the great day of the Lord. It's my position that both are describing a similar event. Because if you turn the page, now remember, I am not advocating Revelation's a nice, neat, easy, and clean chronological description of events. Because if you turn two chapters forward from Revelation 6, we find the trumpet judgments in Revelation chapter 8. And wouldn't you know, starting in verse 12, you find cosmic and terrestrial judgments. One-third of the moon, stars, and sun is part of the judgment in the trumpets but it's one-third. If we back up in Revelation 6 and go forward in Revelation 16, it appears that the whole cosmos is under this shaking event. So, Revelation 6, Revelation 16 is talking about a massive cosmic disturbance, crisis, judgment that occurs before the end. Now, that's part A. (laughs) What is being discussed, it's the time before the end, okay? Now, this is the real tough one, in a sense, because I'm parting company with a whole host of commentators that I respect, and I mean those who aren't imagining the rapture to occur at any moment and take us for seven years into heaven. I've spent plenty of time trying to refute that, but the question is, is what's being discussed regarding this great earthquake in Revelation 6 and 16, is it simply figurative or could it be describing an event literal? And there's no question that these literary descriptions are taken from Old Testament passages like Isaiah, Ezekiel, Joel, and others, but are they literal or figurative? And most of the commentators that I respect will say, no, these are figurative. Well, you know, our first pope, St. Peter, definitely believed that before the end, there were going to be literal cosmic and terrestrial judgments. If you look in his second epistle, 2 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 10, it says, before the day of the Lord comes, uh, or the day of the Lord will come like the thief and the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. So he believed something was actually going to happen literally to the cosmos before the end. Now you could say, okay, but is Revelation chapter 6 and 18 referring to that? Let me give you a second New Testament passage along with 2 Peter 3 that is overlooked quite a bit when you're trying to answer the difficult question, is this literal or figurative? In Romans chapter 8, St. Paul says that creation wakes, waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God For the creation, the entire creation was subjected to futility. And we know that the whole creation 
has been groaning in travail until now. I asked a question. I really don't think we know that. I mean, we should know that. But do we know that? Do we know that because of human sin, the entire cosmos, the heavens and the earth, are in a certain sense under a judgment, under an oppressive environment that they're waiting to be free of? And St. Paul goes on in Romans 8, and not only the creation, but we ourselves groan inwardly as we await that day. Do we? Have you ever groaned because of in you and in the creation what sin has done? I can remember uh, Ralph Martin writing that he was in a Mass with John Paul II. He was groaning practically the whole first part of the Mass. Uh, He was sensitive to what's going on in our world. You read in the early chapters of the Bible, Cain kills Abel. What happens? The innocent blood shed on the ground cries to God in heaven, and what happens? The ground is cursed as a result of it. In other words, there's an incredibly profound connection between human sin and consequences on earth and in the heavens. In Leviticus chapter 18, it says this, starting in verse 22, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. That's homosexuality. It's an abomination. Don't defile yourselves by these things, because I cast out peoples before you because of it. And the land became defiled. You see, the defiling that happens in creation is a result of human sin. And, it, and, and then God says, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. It, now, it didn't, obviously, this is figurative language about something that real and that happened. Even the land couldn't stand the people engaging in these types of sins that cry out to heaven for judgment. And then you come to the grand slam for all of this is now Isaiah 24. And Isaiah 24 talks about the great earthquake. Behold, the Lord will lay waste the earth and make it desolate. He will twist its surface, that's what happens in an earthquake, and scatter its inhabitants. The earth shall be utterly laid waste and utterly despoiled for the Lord has spoken. Why? Go to verse 4. The earth mourns and withers. Why? Because it lies polluted under its inhabitants. And this isn't just carbon emissions. This is sin emissions from human beings that causes the whole creation to want to vomit out the human beings. This is what's going on at the very end of time. And you go on in Isaiah chapter 24. And again, Isaiah 24 is the Old Testament background for the big earthquake. It says in verse 18 of Isaiah 24, the foundations of the earth tremble. Verse 19, the earth is violently shaken. Verse 20, the earth staggers like a drunken man. Its transgression lies heavy upon it, and it falls and will not rise again. And you want to know really what causes creation to want to vomit human beings off the face of this planet? See, we take sin so lightly. Jump two chapters forward in Isaiah. 
chapter 26 and verse 21. For behold, the Lord is coming forth out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth will disclose the blood shed upon her and will no more cover her slain. We read that both Adam and Eve, they sin. There were consequences in the earth. Cain kills Abel. There were consequences in the earth. The Israelites and the people before them engaged in sodomy. There were consequences in the earth. And those were just foreshadowings of the great earthquake at the end of time. And believe me, yes, it's using highly figurative language, but creation is so repulsed by the sin on it that it wants to vomit out its inhabitants. In Revelation 6, coming back, it says those, again, who, who are rebelling towards God, they call out, fall on us to the mountains and hide us from the face of the lamp. They aren't as scared of the mountains and the earth shaking and the earth basically pulled out of its place. No, they're scared from the one who's doing it, the wrath of the lamb. Oh, you mean Jesus isn't just a meek and little pushover about sin? No, God takes it so seriously. He sent his only begotten son to die for sin so that the wrath of God would not fall on this planet. Sin is utterly abhorrent to God and even to the created universe. My advice? get to confession on a regular basis, and if you voted for an openly pro-abortion candidate, run to confession. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 84 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.